All right, bitches. Got a little music, Bob? Un momento. We're back enjoying our beautiful I was, no, I just, Santa Monica morning, yes. Sunday morning. Anchovia. 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 And we're back. Ta-da! <laughs> <laughs> and we're back. Acme Writing Academy. Mm-hmm. Just, like, just like we threatened to be. Just like we said we'd be. We always we're always uh, good to our we're always good to our word. See, mm-hmm. that's right. The word. Mm-hmm. The word. I'm gonna get religious. The, is the word. You the put the word, the word in the body. Right. Yeah. Make put your emotions. Don't talk about fancy words for emotions. Do simple body functions. He about shit when he saw her. <laughs> you know, instead of right. all of a sudden, mm-hmm. uh, he felt last night's dinner surging up his esophagus. So and suddenly he burst into song. Nice. And come sudden- on, you know that works. You're like, yeah, I'm like you can do suddenly. Yeah, I know. We <laughs> I'll just, give him that one. We were just kidding, Yo, Mike. son of a bitch. We were just kidding about suddenly. No, they, they're up my ass about every kind of writing I do. Who? You, know? you guys. No, we are not. Yeah, oh, geez. Oh, man, look at that. <clears throat> I don't like that word. The. This is what I'm saying the wrong way. Look at we, we already know it's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> See? You know? <laughs> you know? No, I don't know. Right. You even put a you know when you're, you, you do it when you speak, right? It's one of the things yeah, a, we kid each other about. Right. You know, our, 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 a lot of this stuff gets edited out by the, by the leprechaun in my studio mm-hmm. who goes in at the middle of the night and pulls out all the you knows. Yeah. But, but, but when I see it on your, on your pages, <laughs> yeah, it's like he says, you know, da, 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 da. And I, I circle and I say, no, I, I don't, don't know. know. <laughs> so now I'm, I'm like, I'm for revisions, I'm like, you might possibly know, Professor you Chrisman. Might, you might possibly know. Well, to which I, I circle, I say, how would I possibly know? Oh, I know. Ah, I can't win. I know. You know. So really the the problem, if we do have one, which I think we do, kind of like trying to define what we think about word choice and yep. all that stuff, that owes to what we're asking of each other. You know, but everybody has different, like in our manuscripts, yep. you know, mm-hmm. but then everybody's got different ways they approach how they're going to use the language. Like, I want to say, you know, because I'm trying to be colloquial. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm trying to address my novel that I'm working on to, uh, you know, an imaginary somebody, you know, or at least the person, the character writing the story is imagining that somebody's on the other end reading it. And it's addressed to a person, you know, he's talking to his audience. Right. You know, in it. I know. I know. No, he, the Rick's like, yeah, I, I get it, but it still sucks. You know, any, <laughs> any, any more, anymore, you listen to interviews of people, educated people. I listen to NPR a lot. You listen to people being interviewed on there. You know, has become the uh, um mm-hmm. of in between trying to think, well, that brain, that little uh, split second. And if you listen to athletes these days, Almost after end of every sentence, it's like it's like punctuation, you know. But 
when you're doing it colloquially, you know, that's the way people in Wisconsin the, and the people that you're ta- writing about, that's the way they speak. Yeah, that's correct. That's right. And it's not an, uh, uh, an affectation. It's that's mm-hmm. the way they speak. They've heard it all their lives, and that's the way they speak. It's like me mm-hmm. be, coming from central Iowa. It wasn't until I was in the Army that I learned wash doesn't have an R in it. Yeah, washing machine. Where I was in that washing. little town, wash. And I'd go down there, and I still pick it up. I still hear people now and then say, hey, you need to wash the car. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, sorry so so when it comes to that, so like people talk like that in Wisconsin. Yeah. So how much of that do you want in the narrative voices right. versus in the actual dialogue? I see what you're saying. I would leave it in the dialogue myself. The narrative, of course, if it's first person, <laughs> if it's first person, you get to use it a bit more than third but it, person. But right? if he strays too far from the colloquial in the dialogue, yeah. If the narrative sounds too. Like, um, now we're back with Professor Magnuson. Mm-hmm. You lose it, you know. You, you've got to, the narrator has to be as colloquial in his narrative, right? I think, as the speaker in the dialogue. I think maybe you have a, a, a meeting of the minds. You've got the author at the one end, and you've got the colloquial character at the other, and the voice has to be, it has to be identifiable and colloquial, but it's got to be smarter than... Well, then the you guy, try to fuck then, with then it. Chuck Butts talking about the weather. So you know? sometimes you can try to fuck with it. So like, here's just a very short dialogue exchange from the novel I'm working on. Okay. Okay. Now it's colloquial speech and stuff, and I'm trying to aim for irony and a laugh line. You know, <clears throat> this woman is talking to this guy who's a cop, who <laughs> who who another cop on story. duty killed her. Didn't kill. He shot her brother who was trying to commit suicide in order to keep him from actually commit suicide. Right. Well, they're talking, and she's like, who says my brother's shit, as you say, is not together? He comes back, Jesus, God, dude held a shotgun barrel to his chin and threatened to pull the trigger. That's like the diarrhea version of having your shit together. <laughs> okay. No. Reading a dictionary. <laughs> I know, That's I right. was thinking about you that You just before. made that change on the break, didn't you? <laughs> no. He's, there. He's editing no. his novel. This is no. just a workshop for his novel. <laughs> no, because I, I have the entry for shit memorized. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Hell, hell, I wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But I'm trying to twist it and looking for a laugh or something, you know, even That's if it's good. not a big one. Yeah. You know, part, part of part of the method that I'm trying to go with is, in certain ways, almost everything in the book is funny. You know, I mean, in like a witty way. You know, I'm, I mean, yeah. I'm trying to. It, maybe it isn't, but that's what I'm attempting to do. Yeah. Is to have some wit, some kind of strange way of, you know, thinking about everything that happens. You know, now if if one of those little things ticks your box every few sentences. And it might for different people. You feel like you're having a pleasant comedic experience the whole right. time. So if you load you load up enough jokes, enough of them will land for various people to keep the pages turning. Yeah, you know, and actually, in that little bit that you that you read us, you did use a big word. Diarrhea. Diarrhea was a big word. Instead mm-hmm. of talking about runny shit. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. So you used it, and it was actually a fairly sophisticated joke. It was a, sm- it was a smart joke, right? Diarrhea. It's a disease. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny, you know, people at home, 
This is what it's like to try to manage Mike Magnuson's writing. He's always there like, okay, you did a good job. You used diarrhea instead of shit. That's elevating the game a little bit. And he wonders See? why we point things out to him. <laughs> good thing you got spell track. <laughs> wow. Oh, I know, right? Or I spell like die hard. Right? I, I would never know how to spell that. Die hard, Rhea. <laughs> die, die hard, Rhea. Death by die hard, Rhea. <laughs> Love in the time of die, die hard, hard, Rhea. <laughs> I don't Suddenly, know. It's die a- hard, Rhea. <laughs> it's a disease. Yes. <sighs> if we could pull back out from words and Let's go back to how we string them together in sentences. Now that we've like explained words to everybody, right. let's see if now we can understand sentences better. So I want to know about this uh, uh, colon sentence thing. The colon, what's her name? Oh, punctuation. Martha colon. Mar- oh. <laughs> Martha colon. K O L L N colon. Not colon. Okay. As in Roberto colon. Okay, so Martha Collins, <laughs> seven, what is it, seven ways to... Uh, she has seven sentence patterns. She's, she's, she's figured out that in English, all sentences roughly fit into the seven basic patterns. Oh, so she's not saying that there's like hundreds of patterns and she's doing it all with seven, like your vocabulary, for instance. Right, she's... She's saying that there's only really basically seven basic grammatical structures. Is it worth hearing what they are? Well, I mean, it might not. I mean, we, we can or, go through them really quickly. Or yeah. maybe just one example to see if it's... Well, some. we talked before about go like through them. subject, Let's verb, go. subject, verb. So the first pattern would be the subject be adverbial pattern. So we'd write, for instance, the event, that's the subject, is, is the be verb and the adverbial would be in the books. So this event is in the books. Right, so that's an adverb modifying, right? Right, writing the verb, you know. The books. Right. And then the second pattern would be the subject, be subject complement, which I was talking about before, which is the essential equal sign of the English language. Like you say, my dog is weird. Okay, so my dog is weird. The weird is an adjective modifying the subject of the sentence, so it serves as a subject complement. Your dog is what? Weird. Right. Your dog is stone. Right. Your dog is... Smart. However, you can change that. Instead of having it be a subject complement and adjective, you can change it to a noun, which draws an equal sign between the subject and the predicate at the same time and use a predicate nominative. That's the other subject, verb, predicate nominative, which would be like Magnuson is a fool. Right? That's a, The fool is a predicate nominative because it says the equals. It's a, it's something a, is something. Yep, something is what something. What is he? A fool. Yeah, so your basic two structures in English really are something is like this. That's what the adjective does. But notice what you're saying is you're, you're answering questions that are implicit. Right. It does this thing where it's like these, these implicit questions start happening, and I think that's when a great sentence begins to happen. When you, before you know it, you're answering questions that someone's already, the, the, the reader's anticipating, and you right. build the building blocks a series of questions that become answered already. Does that make any sense? 
Yeah, and I, I think the who, the the who, who what, where, and all that stuff, and how. Right, and you find out when you look at the language in this way, and the and and Martha Collins matter is that uh, the, most of language is a matter of function of statement as opposed to description. You mostly tell and don't show, just by the basic structure of the language. Correct. You know, and the way that that works is if you say like Mike is grumpy. Mm-hmm. Okay, we need to know why. So we've said that, and then the the. Uh, the the showing would be as a proof of something you've told, right? You know, which is I mean that's the basic line of the language. So right? Mike is grumpy because and the and the because is shown because he didn't get his coffee this morning, right? Yep, or whatever that might be. Yeah. Now and, which the which pattern will be on next? Oh uh, well, the pattern there's there's one. This is this is used a lot, but not as useful I think for writers. Number three. Know. Number three. Yeah. Would be subject linking verb subject complement. You know, like Mike and Mar- Marcello became friends. Right. The verb links it to the other side, right. you know. But it's it's really an adjective. Mm-hmm. It's not an object, okay? So then the fourth pattern would be the intransitive verb pattern. Which is, to me, the, most, the best one. Yeah. So, well, so far Jesus we're just wet. dealing with the verb to be, right? Pretty yeah, much. well, now, so now okay. we're, now into, we're switching out. We'll have yeah. a fun conjugation for the nonce right now. Jesus wept. Mm-hmm. Right? There's a subject and predicate, it completes its thought, and there's no object on the other side of it. Which makes it intransitive. Right. Or okay. it could be, you know, Mike Shat, since we're sticking on the shit shat. The, the baby cry. Shaboom sort of thing. It could, it could, it could be transitive. You said Jesus cried blood. Mm-hmm. But that's a kind of an unusual. Well, that's, that's, that's if you put an object on it, right? right? So then if you do you know, But the then, verb could, some verbs don't require an object. Some do, some you could or couldn't, right? It's, it's not, it works the other way around. So, like, here's the fifth pattern which is subject verb direct object. Mm-hmm. So as in Mikey ate the cookies, right? Or dogs hate Mikey. Okay. So that's, that's to me is like the simplest, most classic sentence form right there. Yeah. Well, it's, it's one of the most important ones. Yeah. It's actually, subject, the, verb, it's actually the Faulkner move. Right. Yeah. That's, a, that's your act of prose right there. Because you have a when moment. When you're saying the event is or my dog is, then you're kind of in a passive voice. Right. Yeah. Right. Because if, once you start going into transitive, you're kind of already in action. Right. The boy kicked the can down the road. Right. So you're already almost suggesting to see in something. But when you're using intransitive, the baby cried all night long. Mm-hmm. Finally, the baby, the baby cried until mom went to Piggly Wiggly and bought half a gallon of milk. Right. Right. So then the sixth kind has an indirect object. So Mike brought Rick a beer. Right. So the direct is, so really Mike brought a beer and the indirect object would be Rick. Dilly dilly, by the way. Dilly dilly. Mike, stoned out of his mind, comma, brought Rick, comma, who who was was about to fucking puke out of his eyeballs, (laughs) comma, another beer. Right, and just just for the record, that is not one that was guaranteed to make his stomach feel better. Yeah, right. And the worst part, the beer was warm, piss warm. You see what I mean? I'm saying, if you're building, I point this out, and I like it's when I talk about writing itself and getting to the nuances, especially with students. Go back to the sentence, start looking at your options. You're not going to be thinking when you're really, really writing a level where Bob's writing or something like that. You're not going to be going, "I'm doing intransitive and all that kind of stuff." But it's really going back to when you, when you have a hole in your swing in baseball, right? You had it down, but now you develop a hole in your swing. And what do you got to do? You got to go back to the batting cage. 
Right. Got to go back to back to the, the simplicity of things. I think that's the great. That's the, the wonderful part about knowing this stuff. If I, if I were to try to sell it to someone, I really use this shit. No, I actually I like the idea that you solve your problems on a sentence level. Yes. Sometimes the existential problems of a story, the arc, well, all these abstract things that you, it's you start thinking about them sentence. abstractly, and it's like, I don't know about the arc, I don't know about the conflict, but I know how to fix this sentence That's right. and to bring more to the party, just like what you just did. You took a basic form, and then you added the appositive, or you, the modifiers, and, and you know, it's like I can see you putting the Legos together right. with these tools that you know. Yeah, and then you, and then all of a sudden you've got a, a more complex character or a more fraught situation, right. and 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 you were getting at something too that that George Saunders likes to talk about is this business of your answering your own questions, like Mike was grumpy, why was he grumpy? Because da 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 da, and why did da 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 happen? Well, because the previous night, and you're forced you're forced to keep imagining new answers to the own, to to the questions that you're asking, and before you know it, you've got two pages of narrative. So what you're seeing right? when you get when you get used Absolutely. to the subject subject complement yeah. idea, where you're talking in the generalized equivalency, you know? No, what is that? I don't get that. The subject, the the thing where it's like you know, Marcello is sad. Mm -hmm. That's subject verb subject complement. Right. Okay. That exact thing, that asks the question because it posits a, a, a generalized state that begs defini definition. Right. You know, so it functions the same as asking a question by stating an equivalency. Mm -hmm. You know? And I think that... If you I want mean, to dumb it down, topic sentence. It works like that. It works like yeah, a topic, it's a it works top like down a topic thing. sentence. Elaboration, then well, you've In that something. same book, rhetorical grammar that we're speaking of, Martha Colton... And one of the chapters talks about, uh, she discusses and addresses this implicit pact that you're making with the reader as a writer. If you're going to present it, Your you're contract. going to go there. And when you don't, that's where the disappointment happens. Now you take that and apply that to narrative and stories. We're talking about this. On a sentence level, you can actually extend that to reader expectations and what they're looking for when you're actually writing a story itself or a scene. That's the way I... All right, so there's, there's one more. Sentence pattern. What's number seven, or did you that tell That would us? be the subject verb, direct object, object complement. Easy for you to say. Okay, mm. see, like, though, we'll go through this one. That'll go, the way to think about it is, is not necessarily where the objects and indirect objects are. You know, as far, if you don't really want to learn this shit, there's you ways to know how it works without knowing it, okay? Yeah, it, 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 yeah, yeah. One, <laughs> right. Kids, don't try this at home. Yeah, no, or, no, no, or no. try it at home. But if it's if it's a nightmare, you get bogged down in the terminology, and you want to get the idea. You know, find a way to figure out how it works. Right. Okay. So. So what's the trick here? Here is a subject, verb, direct object, object complement. So, my sister called my other sister a diva. Ah. Verb, direct object, and then the the mm -hmm. the last yeah. thing is an adjective. Well, it's an adjective, yeah, or an adjectival phrase. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Say that no. again. No, my sister called my other sister a diva. My sister is a diva. Right. Exactly. One that, of my those, sisters is a those diva. Are the things the other one is a diva shamer. What <laughs> you need to know to start using what Marth Cohn is saying is you think of the subject as a subject and a predicate. Now, either it's going to be carrying in an object or it's going to be carrying an adjectival or an adverb. All right. Right. All right. right. So then once you do that, then you can think that there's gaps between each word in any of those constructions that can be modified. 
Right. And, it, and, and if it's before the subject of the sentence, you have adverbial information because you shade the time, manner, and the reason. If it's after the, the, after the conclusion of the predicate, it's also adverbial because it shades the time, manner, and the reason of the complete independent clause that it preceded it. Awesome. Right? If it's after the subject, because the subject is always a noun or a pronoun, it's adjectival. If it's after the verb and the predicate, then it's always adverbial because it's modifying the oh, man. verb. It's, oh, worth, man. it's worth learning these things Learned and then it. sitting down and writing sentences and consciously trying to construct them this way. Yeah, Just man. like you were, like the way you were riffing, Marcello. Right. You've obviously... I learned it 15 years ago. You're a virtuoso at this stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. but obviously this doesn't mean that... You got to be like eggheaded when you're composing. You don't no, have, no, no. It's I just am not going to write a subject verb indirectly. You know, like, no. No, it's, it's, no, it's practicing as, scales. Yeah, don't see it as constraints or restraint. But learn, knowing this thing. stuff that we're talking about, you start, really, I think for me, I started enjoying writing even more. Mm. I'm just, that's my personality. Yeah, it gives technique, you. Technique, music, knowing the, op the options I have, the riffs I can pull. I just like that. And, and I can, it helps can I a lot it, in revision, it, I think. I think it helps. Composition as well. What I worry about when you lay this out, though, is you know that that show and tell mentality is deep, deep ingrained, and I can see why. I can see that you need to teach writers to prove things through action, and I can get why that is, you know. Yep. But if you're thinking of a basic formula of, of composition of thought organization in sentences, where you're you're stating an equivalency in a hairy is sad thing, right? Right, and then you prove it through description. You know, where I, I mean, you can see that somebody's, you know, who's hardcore to the show, don't tell thing would say, well, why do you need to say he's sad at all? I'm going to. Because the next, the next transition, we're going to jazz it up now. We're going to go into, well, although Harry was sad because the sponsor has shot himself in the head in the back of his sports fishing, a sports fisherman married right. yacht. But even that, you know, and you know even I mean? that, like, that no, bit of back. You wouldn't lead with that no, no, clause. No, 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 no. You wouldn't say, although Harry No, no. Said. What you would do is, is that if you've already stated it. Yeah. And here's, what, here's, here's a movie you'll, that you'll pick up. If you have already stated, then the subordinate clause, the although, right, use, is, works as a summary point, like a, right. a, a, time, a marker. It's a, uh, it's a resumptive modifier. I think is the term that she uses, right? If I'm right. Mm -hmm. So you're able, again, what you're doing is you're the continuous stream that Mr. Garner talks about. Right. What are the techniques that you're using in stylistically in writing? And one of the wonderful techniques to use, and this is a Marquez move, is to get into these subordinate clauses, whether the although or since or when, uh -huh. is something that should already have been mentioned or somewhat known. And it brings you back into the idea. Make any sense? Yeah. I know what you're saying. And that goes, well, why, why should I be, why am I telling this? Well, because eventually I want to hear the however move. Oh, right. However. Right. Yeah. Life's a bitch. Mm -hmm. Then we start having story. Yes. However such a nice word to be able to have in the repertoire. It's you a, know, you know I mean, what? It's, it's a, a simple word, but it sometimes just. Is the perfect word. It's a say. flip word. However, yes, yeah. I've, I, I had a teacher once who who, who said that uh, every sentence or every paragraph ideally should have a fluxion point that you're writing into it, and then mm -hmm. you got something that turns it, and then you come out with this new this new thing. Right. So, however, is if you know, he got up to. Uh, have breakfast. However, there were on, no eggs on in this the, in day. 
However, on this day... That they went fishing for bait at the end of the intercoastal. Right. His wife, had stolen, 14, his wife had stolen the eggs. Yeah. Right. So... Yeah. Then we, what do we have? So now Story. We, we've... Right. Conflict. Exactly. Moving yeah. forward. And the same with... I mean, if we want to go out again, the same with paragraphs. You're describing some lovely scene or whatever, and then... And then Something he had, you know. Wait a minute, that's a rat up there on the fence, right. and and you know. Well, but, but you when don't you come out of it, move back into the house. Yeah, you don't. So, have, we're not. We're not saying these are rules you need to follow. We're just saying these are just wonderful options you begin to discover yeah. when you can do it. You know, when you things. start looking at these patterns and you think yeah. about this. Stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Good call on however or nice. nevertheless. Nevertheless, yeah. Yeah. That's another good one. Or instead of in addition to, and now you don't say that, but in I addition am, to, so I'm gonna give you some more bullshit on yeah. this guy. Yeah. Look at yeah. the balls on the son of a bitch, what he did. <laughs> in addition to, and you're, it's, ampli, amp, what is it? Amplification, the rhetorical term. Right. Amplification. Amplification. For example, the sentence, Jesus wept. Uh huh. You know? What did he, what if, what if, what if it, the sentence was, Jesus wept and everybody applauded? Right. <laughs> See, you've just flipped. You've gone in and out, right? Yeah. That's like the Jesus saves and Esposito scores yeah. under rebound. That's yeah. Like, I saw that. I saw that on a bat, written on a bathroom wall, and at the Rat Skeller Bar in Mankato, Minnesota. That's back one of the, in the great 70s. things ever. Great. <laughs> so, did you go through all the patterns? Yeah, I went through the patterns. I mean, the the the, the larger thing is the the study of them, you know. Yes. And then using this knowledge, I was trying to talk before about about how analysis of sentences should be, you know, while it helps us compose and revise and everything. The, the really reason we're doing it is to study the botany and biology of the language itself. So we yes. can kind of get it. Whenever we look at it, we kind of understand how it fits. Now, like if you're a botanist, for instance, there's no way you can know everything about all the plants in the world. The building, if you're doing that you know? to the language, you will be then eventually doing that to the story that you're writing and to the characters. That's the hope. You know, but I mean, if you if first thing you look at is like just understand the language. It doesn't mean you got to get hung up on one thing or one way or doing or another. No, I, I've confessed here in front of you guys that absolutely I get hung up on shit, and that it comes from doing teaching, right? Yep, and trying to you know encourage best practices in your students, and then you see yeah. professionals who don't do it, and you know, but like that that's that is not an a, appropriate application to being open. The right how language works in its myriad ways. No, you, you, you understand it to know that this thing is never defined. It's, it's fluid always by everybody. And this, is, this has this shape by situation and character and tone and all the, the different things. The that dialogical happen. imagination. Yeah. You, you just said, but the, the idea is to don't let it back yourself into a dogmatic corner, which always happens, man. Especially people learn how to write it like, this is how I like it. Yep. Yes. Yes. You know, and that, that leads to the, stuff. Then they end up with mannerisms. Of course. Right. Yeah. Well, but yeah. And MFA sounding pros. Yeah. Or yeah. even then, so like that, that would say like somebody like me who, you know, I guess I do, you know, you know, fart jokes and, you know, whatever. You know, I'm, not, I'm, I'm lowering the standard to, you know, self-humiliate, you know, but I write a more crass, you know, to the, you know, more raw kind of thing. But, but by that same token, I should be able to read something delicate, you know, and take from that, you know, a yeah. great experience as a reader sure. and then something I can do. And that's because yeah. I've been able to see how the language works in that right. moment and appreciate and understand it and allow it to, to be, 
No, that's not mm-hmm. me. That's just a thing I'm looking at. That's a thing that functions, you know? God. Rick was going to hit an Acme button. The Acme button, right? Acme yeah. Writing Academy Press. I know. Yeah. In- insert that we in actually, right now. We actually have Someday. a piano here. <laughs> if we could pick it up. <laughs> yes. That's right. We could have an authentic coyote moment. <laughs> Oh, man, that'd be bad. (laughs) That would be so much fun to just try to figure out how to get it up on the roof to drop it. Boom. You know know what? I think... think Let's see the boys that could get it up there. It'd be us. Grand piano. Just to step back, I think what you just said about language, Mike, is is very elegaic. Elegaic? Elegaic. Elegaic? I don't know. (laughs) No, seriously. (laughs) Seriously. Seriously, I mean, you're nobody absolutely right. in my family language can pronounce is, the words. Language <laughs> is not just a, 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 yeah, we know what you mean. a hammer or a saw that we pick up and use to build well things. No. Well said. Language is the thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And you're making a, a deal with nails. it or, or whatever. Yeah, you have to understand. So yeah. just even if you're a woodworker, you're making wooden boats. Yep. You know, you don't control the wood. You find a way to manage the wood within its ability. <laughs> What's what are you giggling about? No, I just pressed something because you have to always be drunk. What? what is it? It was random on my computer. Your computer yeah. wrote that? Yeah, just like Cortina, whatever that's called. Oh, oh yeah. Cart- yeah, she, she, man, she doesn't like me. No, she's always like, you must be drunk again. You don't have a Windows. She does that mean. In Windows, she comes in and she like, asks you if you want help and stuff. Who? I disabled. She's on Windows. It's like a Siri. It's like Cortina. Siri for Windows, yeah. Oh, oh I see. A Siri, like, you know. Yeah. Oh, I, I it, use her all the time. Right. For what? <laughs> love Do, letters. He writes love letters. Like write me a cup of coffee. Like uh, <laughs> when I'm when 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 I'm writing, uh, I just click on it and ask her maybe for information about something. That, you, know, yeah. you know. Really? Yeah. It's like yeah. it's it's kind of uh, what's the Microsoft's version temperature of Google? at Machu Picchu? That's right. It is sixty-two degrees and cloudy. I use it to look up word, the spelling of words. <laughs> and then he writes down in his narrative, I was wondering what the temperature was at Machu Picchu. What is the key ingredient in my fungo? <laughs> I'm so sorry. You know, this is a good wind down point yes. here. I think. Uh, Can I read uh, something before absolutely. we end it? Yes. As, as, absolutely. As Uncle Bob likes to say. Nice. Anyway, to remind ourselves that nothing is ever set in stone when we're writing it. Can always go back and make it better, you know. And if it's not working one direction, come from another. I'll give you an example. Read this paragraph. It was the middle of a bright tropical afternoon that we made good our escape from the bay. The vessel we sought lay with her main topsail aback about a league from land, and that was the only object that broke the broad expanse of the ocean. Okay. No, no, no I'm there. Not bad, you know. Yeah. I'm there. I can see it. Years later, the novelist came back to this and wrote another first-person seafaring novel that begins, Call Call Me me Ishmael. Ah. (laughs) Some years ago, never mind how long precisely, having little or no money in my purse and nothing particular to interest me on shore, (laughs) I thought I would sail about a little and see the watery part of the world. Wow. So Statement. That That is told, not shown, is it not? Yeah, yeah. Excellent. That is so great. 
Instead of you having to like force your head into imagining the description, all of a sudden here's this character. Yeah. Irresistible. So call me Ishmael. Let's get that out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's actually talking to himself years later. Right. What and the who fuck would I write? Yeah. Who would ever remember the opening line of his first his first draft of it? Right. All right. At any rate. Bring good one. Should we take a break? After we go do whatever it is we're gonna do. Enjoy this beautiful Santa Monica day. Okay. We'll be back. All right, it's getting close. We here at Acme can smell the barn. I know that soon we'll be forced to say farewell to season two's California adventure. We thank you, the listener, for coming this far and hope you will remain with us in what is literally our final hour. After which our thoughts will scatter to the four corners and life as we know it will resume as a pale facsimile of itself. So no tears, no long goodbyes. Save some regret for later as one last time we hark upon the gale. Exactly. Stay with us. Cheers, gentlemen. Salud. 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 Here's looking at you. Yep. It's money right. All that stuff. Julie. Okay. All right. You know, is it just my imagination? Or did did this season really seem to fly by? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it did. Certainly has. I mean, it only seems like yesterday that we were saying, I got nothing. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> or was that actually yeah. the day before yesterday? It, was. it seems yeah. like. Yeah. Right. I still got nothing. <laughs> Thank yeah. you, Marcello. After all this time, still got nothing. Yet somehow, uh, something came out of it. And we, and we, uh, I mean, we kind of act all along like, well, we got nothing. We're just going to start talking and then profound stuff's going to. But actually, we did have a, a little bit of a plan. Something. Right? Just a little something. We had something. When thinking about that, like, which are you going to credit, the plan or the spontaneity? You know, going back to our original thing of where does the idea occur? Where does the the nothing become something? And uh, I don't know if you've heard this business. It pops around the Internet. So it's not my uh, invention, this idea of plotters versus pantsers. We're a plotter, you know, a plotter. <coughs> Is somebody who you know you write you you plot out your whole novel and then uh, you just march your character from point to point and there's your story. I can dig that. Versus it's a the, little on the spectrum, but you know, okay, well, all of us are. So. We're, these are we're defining two ends of a spectrum. Right? <laughs> the other end of the spectrum being the this the somebody who just sits down without a, any idea whatsoever, writes a sentence. That sentence breeds another sentence, and they're writing by the seats of their pants. Right. So you've got plotters versus pantsers. Right. So I, I feel like so much of what we're talking about, we're asking, what's the, what's the application of this? And does it occur? Is this a way? Should you be sitting back and thinking, I need to construct my novel. I need to construct my sentences mm-hmm. in such a way. And then you think, okay, I'm a, 
You know, sentence example number six, that's a great, that would go really great here. So I'm going to plan that out right. and, and write that sentence. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm exaggerating to make a point, but right, you know, I can see it. Yeah. Versus the other one who says, who says, screw a sentence type. I don't need a fucking verb, right. <laughs> you know, and just, yeah, man, scribbles just going like, to wing it out here. Like uh, Richard Brodigan or somebody, right, right. you know, uh, um, I don't know. I've never plotted one out. I only, I don't, I, ever, I really don't ever start plotting until I've developed the main character or, or the main characters and see what the feeling is kind of, I guess, for it. And, and then, I, you know, I have a basic idea of where, where I want it to go, but I don't, to sit down and really plot it out, that doesn't, for me anyway, it doesn't come to me until later. When I start getting a feel for these characters I've created and yeah. what I believe they're capable of and what I can make them capable of, I really don't start plotting it until I get that centered. But that's, you know, maybe, maybe that's it, just me. Maybe it affects, well, probably, it probably I'm going to guess that people naturally do, you know, lean one way or the other. I mean, I'm definitely a pantser. I wish I wasn't. I wish I could sit and just think up big structures and then... Mm. Make it a whole lot easier to face the page, but, so wait, was, I, but I can't. Was, was Clark? Were you just admitting to be a pantser too? Yeah, kind of half and half, I think. But more, more of a more of a pantser. I've never, I've never sat down and uh, said, "Okay, we're going." This one is. I've already got it all in my head. I know what everybody's going to do, and here we go. Yeah. For me, it doesn't work that way. Well, you know, there's what's what's the MFA chestnut? No. No surprise for the writer, no surprise for the reader. Yeah. So sometimes the reader is experiencing the the, the writer's moment of discovery, yeah. almost as it happens. Yeah. Right? It's whatever's right, whatever works for for you. You know. Well, yeah. Um, in the end, it's uh, it's all about the typing that first word and getting to those last two, typing the end. Yeah. Always a good feeling. You know, here's, but, here, but here's my question. Do you really need the the? <laughs> yes. You can't just say end. Uh, I want to be a plotter. You want to be a plotter? I, I want to. You wanna, are sort of a plotter, aren't I, you? Well, it's one of these things where I know that I, I know my weaknesses, that I, I'm crazy and I can't keep my eye on the ball. And again, I'm self-deprecating, okay, you guys? You know, I, I'm not really telling I'm crazy, but I, I my mind drifts, you know? Right. Yep. So... If I can plot out what I'm going to do, I can take control of the over-associative nature of my mind, hmm. as it were. Can a writer's mind actually be overly associative? Yeah. Because then you can just, I just can start skipping down the street, man. You know, I'm like a ping pong ball. You, you and Chuck Butts? I don't think it's a bad thing. It's just, you know, like I'll skip from one thing to the next, you know? I'll, I'll, be, yeah. I'll be thinking about, you know... Chopping wood, and I'll go to chop out wood, and I'll look at a bird and watch the bird fly over the tree, and then I'll be thinking about trees. And, <laughs> and then sooner or later, I'm going to be like, you know, wondering about the lumber industry. And, See, I and, can't get that far. I can't even think about 200 page, 250 page, anything. I'm like naturally inclined to write short, mm -hmm. really yeah. brief. I mean, I'm not even yeah. calling them short stories. But for me, it's like I'm working on something right now, and I just want it to be. I guess three and a half pages of all questions in the integrative mood. Right. I read it was I read a book, novel that was integrative mood. 
So uh, those are kind of, I guess that would be a plotter, wouldn't it? I'm going to set out to, to achieve this. To achieve what? Exactly? To have the entire story. It's going to be in a subjunctive mood. In, okay, or well, in, that's a, certainly, or in a derogative mood. That's, I want them all to be declarative or, you know, imperative sentences or, uh, or do everything in the hat hat or the, you know, preterite. Is that something, but the question is, is that something you planned out in advance or is that something you just decided as you were writing? No, I decide that when I sit down. Okay. Yeah, like a, like a as a poet would to write a form poem, you know, like there's no, going to be no. ten syllables and every oh, other line's right. going to rhyme. And but you're I not. Don't, I don't think about, the about content. an established poem. You're just talking about a form that you're making up. Prose. Yeah. Yeah. And within those, with, within those, one would call constraints or restraints. Should be restrained. <laughs> yeah, right. If it's all too much action, man. <laughs> so he's like an anal retentive plotter almost. I mean, farther than that. Yes. Uh, obsessive compulsive. Yes. No, but you don't know plotter. what the characters are going to do, do you? I don't. He's think, like I don't characters. Think, I don't think the characters know what I'm going to do. What the That's hell are you my point. Of? The characters. <laughs> characters. The characters. The characters don't know what he's going to do. Oh, wait, oh, wait a minute. Fucking no characters. Wait a minute. I got to <laughs> I gotta, I gotta consult, my, consult my notes here. <laughs> yeah. oh, there's a there's note from, uh, from my psychiatrist oh, and art from Argentina. <laughs> oh, man, these two pages were stuck together. Uh. <laughs> Episode four, we didn't talk about character, did we? So now Marcello's going on and on about character, or I'm going on about characters. Nobody knows what the hell I'm talking about. But it's interesting, you went, you went on and on about characters, and we're actually talking about Eames, this is this is what I want to point out. Now you guys aren't here with us and don't really understand how fucked up that was. We were three months but into there, this there show. There never was and never has been or whatever in episode four it's, for this program. We never wrote it out. Right. There's there's no heading. It's just like this is like this is like planning for the afterlife or something. Rick, Rick, Rick likes to watch us all start filming. We're like, where the fuck is episode four? Episode I four. I took a moment to take a swig of my beer. Did I really have to wink at you? <laughs> it's been a long weekend, motherfucker. Really? <laughs> right? There's no episode four. There's no, there's no episode. At this moment, there's only the here and now. There are no episodes. <laughs> but okay. oddly enough, you, the drink. listener... We're going to be dragging everybody Our to the seventh to floor. An episode. Yeah. How does that happen? Poor <laughs> bastards. How does that happen? No. So, but you know what? Maybe that was just a long and stupid way of saying that we haven't really talked about character. Have we? Or do we need to? Well, here's the thing is, is, is I'm stuck well, a little bit on the plotting panting. Yeah. Okay. Let's stick with that. You know, because I mean, yeah. to me, it's like. There's there's an ideal where you like the way that Marcello's thinking of it, where you can have it, you know, figured out down to the freaking, you know, you're like the Frank Lloyd Wright of writers, you know, like he would do a house and like everything down to the 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 forks that oh, yeah. you would use in the place and what kind of you know dishes, everything would be all. That's why you want to plan your work. Yeah. You know, very much so. The way the way I get into I'm obsess over stuff. So to me, I think that this is an unattainable, unattainable lactation. I was going to say lactation, unattainable lactation. No, but it's an unattainable. It's it's you're thinking about my you're thinking about my short story, the lactating iguana. Yeah, that's right. He actually had a short story where there was a lactating iguana. I read it. Okay, I swear before God and everybody. Right. It was. But see, it, in <laughs> order to achieve something with that level of micro planning, 
Yeah. Nearly impossible. Uh, right? I don't know. No, just just think about that on one. I mean, but look, to actually pull it all off to the like. That's why I never level. finish anything. What That's about what the I, what what about the idea that like style is a function of your limitations? So, I mean, this is so actually you're going to be a stylist if you write. Well, let's this look at thing, the other I end guess. of the, Let's look yeah. at the other end of the, the the spectrum then. So here we have like there's the ideal of like the meticulously planned down to the everything ahead of time gestures and all that, and then you just find a way to make the pros make it happen. Right. Right. And then on the other end, other end is like, well, I am just making art. I, I am I am opening up the faucet mm-hmm. and letting the water run over the parking. Oh, I don't, I don't know if I'm capable <laughs> of making <Bob>. art. <laughs> right? Bob, do you need to use the bathroom? No, he's got a fart. <laughs> it was a little, oh, God. No, but was, I mean, that's the thing. So, but the thing is, is, is I, I think you can't ultimately rule out that opening up the faucet part. Because that's, that's no. why we want to do it. That's what you want, right? Right. You know, so then when I hear, and I, I think in my heart that I want to I want to do what Marcello's talking about. And I do take great pains to try to map out what I'm doing. But then when it happens, when I'm going through the outline or whatever, owing to my creative nature and flying by the seat of my pants, lots of times what I had planned out isn't what we end up with. That's what I'm saying. I, I like it's the one thing like it's like you want to have nirvana you know but you can't nobody can get there you know it's, it's impossible right you know so you got to find a balance between like you know your your, your heart is you want to be you know uh, creative and then your mind is like man I gotta be working on this shit I'm obsessed with it yeah. perfect yeah stuff will stick in my see. mind a weasel's wild uh-huh. the weasel's wild yeah a weasel's wild who knows what he he thinks his tail draped over his nose. <laughs> I'll remember shit like that. And everything starts like that. Or what's, what's the there last thing? I have a typewriter that I use in Argentina. And I kept on typing, the house is burning. This went on for weeks. Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. Yeah. Did you change your medication? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I did. Okay. Well, that's good. <laughs> All right, no, man. No, the house is on fire. <laughs> this is... This is <laughs> no. Well, that's a different level of, you know, managing your writing, too. <laughs> I was feeling uh, burned out on my music career one of many times. And uh, somebody I was seeking guidance for trying to lift my spirits up was saying, well, just, just go into your studio and just turn on the stuff and make whatever kind of sound you want. Just whatever. Just right. do it. Yeah. So I did. And, I, you know, I'd get the synthesizers up and I'd... I'd generate this sound and then I'd put another sound on top of it and nothing was moving too fast. I didn't feel constrained by melody or harmony or rhythm or anything like that. <laughs> and probably I, I listened to it a week later and it was, it sounded like white noise. It sounded like a faucet running. It was just like, <laughs> this whole thing. It's like, okay, I open it up and that's the sound of my brain. Right. I'm in serious trouble. I need therapy. <laughs> <laughs> That's no, the sound of my brain. I think, oh I, think my it, God. I think it told me that I was depressed in they some go, way. They go crazy. You know, <laughs> that I just wasn't hearing it. I was just getting static. The between right. the between the channels sound is what was coming out. So <laughs> that's, you know, <laughs> I'm still a pantser, though. 
Well, everybody's a pantser, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. Well, oh, yes. Yeah. And everybody's a plotter because you're actually using the English language, which is a, a kind of a well, plan in itself. Plotter, you mean in a traditional sense of writing narratives? Yeah, by plotter, it's like... Or planning. Planning. You know, you've got your... Here's your arc. Here are the points you're going to get. Right, your dramatic it's definitely arc. Plotter. And, you know, and then probably before you write, you're going right. to realize that arc is going to be filled by a guy who misses his mother and decides to hunt for artifacts in Africa and, and that the action is going to be him being chased by Oaxacan whistlers. Right. Note to self, know. this is the yeah. chapter about the asshole who gets lost in Africa. <laughs> right. And so then you got it all laid out and say, okay, well, now i got to write a paragraph getting him to Africa. And now... <laughs> Get him to Africa quickly. Him, I'm going to spend two oh. sentences checking him into a hotel. See? <laughs> <laughs> all, all the everything else is figured out. So it's just this kind of, you're yeah. just uh, laying brick oh, there. You know? right. <laughs> you're just laying, laying cable. That's a, a lot of people like to do that. Man. You know? I know. And if that, I'm, I'm not saying... You got to Africa and a Suzuki Jetski. It's pretty good, you know? <laughs> if you know all that stuff in advance, how do you know? If only God had known. Mm. There I go, getting theological again. I swear, I'm not a... It's a nice thing to say, even if you don't believe it. <laughs> mm. To refute God is to accept him stronger than your refutation. That's right. That's, that's what, that's what Ms. Flannery O'Connor said. Did she actually say that? No, she like said that. She didn't chew tobacco. So. She's, she, I think she said she something like a that. little bit more eloquent than that. No, no sir. <laughs> she was a big dipper. <laughs> she, 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 she says, I've been dipping with my peacocks out here. <laughs> Talking about the war. They got a war. Well, I wonder if, if uh, I'm looking at our notes here, our preconceived connect the dots. Preconceived. <laughs> We probably ought to go through and make sure that, you know, we've checked yep. all. So, yeah, yeah. so, yeah. so check, check. when you, like, I just got to say in advance, since I know if I have a sense of what's coming here, <laughs> is that we had an outline for, for these very, you know, organized conversations. Here it is, mm. right here. <laughs> Rick's got it over there. Which I read on the way from the airport. Right. It might have a, like, you read it. Well, he, I knew that. He wanted it fresh in his mind. Because Marcello's working class. <laughs> well, right. I'm greatly influenced on the stuff that I read. Yes. Yeah. And I have a difficult time reading and keeping focused. So stuff like this grabs my attention. I can finish a book like this where other people, I guess, have told me, some people have said, they, so, can't, they can't get past three paragraphs. I mean, I'm like eating shit up. Uh, Robot de Bolaño's 2666. Which yeah. I, I just returned to the library. I got 15 I not, pages in. I could not put that book down. I read right. that thing in See, a that week. book, unlike Growth of the Soil, which we had... Rick Reed, and then he was like, "Man, you guys had me I'm on bogging that one. down." And like, the thing is, if you actually make it past page 300, you know that is really good. That's an excellent score. Oh, Jesus Christ, <laughs> you only got to go 300 pages. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Rick Apparently, like, he was dyslexic, and it, I guess it appeals to my sense of dyslexic uh, sensibility. Uh huh. But Bolaño is yeah. different, though. Okay, so you you want to read some Bolaño? I'm sorry, I interrupted yeah. you. So mm. carry on. No, me. I'm going to read my um, Bolaño. No, I'm going to read my favorite writer. Oh. Just like I read the stuff and I want to... My, my favorite writer to me is the writer that when I read, wow, I'm going to go write. Who's that? Padgett Powell. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this is from a, um, a novel, question mark, The inter Interrogative Mood. Are your emotions pure? Are your nerves adjustable? How do you stand in relation to the potato? <laughs> Should it still be Constantinople? Does a nameless horse make you 
more nervous or less nervous than a named horse? <laughs> in your in your view, do children smell good? If before if before you now, would you eat animal crackers? Could you lie down and take a rest on a sidewalk? Is the prospect of Africa agreeable? Did you love your mother and father? Do Psalms do for you? <laughs> if you are relegated to the last place in every category, are you bothered enough to struggle up? Does your doorbell ever ring? Is there, is there sand in your craw? How many push-ups can you do? Do you like the carpool? That's the beginning of his novel. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really something. Wow. Yeah. Now, now, what novel is that? The in Interrogative Mood. He's got some very... It's not 300 pages of that, is it's it? It's 150 some odd pages. Yeah. It's short. Of that? Yeah. Of that. I bet you it's like 50,000 words would be my yes. guess. You know, something like that. Does it carry it all the way? Awesome. Well, Awesome. Well, Padgett isn't as interested in uh, recreating the vivid, continuous dream as other writers might be. But like he... Right. He's communicating communicating to his reader in a dialectic you know it's a it's a set of ideas that sometimes have images attached to them and sometimes right have you know cultural association you know yeah that's right. a good ex explanation of a dialectic yeah yeah, yeah. excellent yeah yeah and that, that, I, I think he thinks that way a lot and, and I, you know i can't speak for him i know he's my teacher but i know that he was very very impatient with the idea of that that sort of straight one thing after another narrative right know? you know which was hard for me working with him because one i am prone to wanting to write that narrative that goes one thing after the other you know right i mean that, that's I, that's what i want to do and my greatest teacher was basically saying like you know that's not really the way to do it right that's hard it's hard then that, that that is that's the interesting stuff that happens with your teachers too mm-hmm you know, it's not an eye to eye thing. <laughs> you know, he's 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 his idea is the prevailing way is wrong, mm -hmm. and you know I, I don't know if I agree with him. I mean, I admire the way he gets right. around it, right? But not for my not for my practice, whatever that may be. Let's see. Yes, there it is, Paget Pell, right there on the plan. Check that off. Mm -hmm. Let's see. Uh, Mike and Marcello tell Rick how great 2666 is. Got that one. Okay. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> that's on the top of the list. All that's, the time. that's really, that's on the, the word to the wise page if you want to follow along. Right. <laughs> <laughs> our listeners can probably go to our website and download a, a, a pirated copy of our notes. Let's see. Did we discuss the strunk admonition to admit, I mean, Omit needless words. I think so because you were you were like you white. how many thousands of instances of the word just from my lifetime. Okay, but did we he discuss the fact that this sentence is a tautology? Omit mm. needless words, like tautology. No, omit omit needless words. No, because yeah, like, they're needless. Who the fuck knows what tautology <laughs> is? That's what I'm saying about word about vocabulary. By the way. Okay, so what's like, a simple what what's a simple it? word for, for tautology? I don't know. I don't have to know what it was in the okay, first place. Tartar. Something that's true by the by the meanings of the word. Too tartar, an infinitive form. Like like 
all bachelors are unmarried men. That's a tautology. It's true because of the, what the words mean. You don't have to interview 10 bachelors and discover that they're unmarried men. Okay. All bachelors are unmarried men. So you haven't really given us any information, right? So when they say to omit needless words, well, if the word is needless, wouldn't you certainly want to admit it, omit it? Otherwise, it would be needed. So that's all I'm saying. I'm just thinking that that three sentence, wow. those three words could be that's shorter. That's heavy, man. Okay. Anyhow, I just wanted wow. to check that off the list because we made this list for a wow, reason. Man. I want that in my pipe. California dreaming. Okay. So <laughs> say you're in a locked room with Moose. No, we got that. That's the Moose Lady joke. We've done now. Right. I, I need to go. I need to go we for did, more bullets. We took a pool. <laughs> Oh. And we decided who could write the best Mussolini joke. <laughs> who could write the best Mussolini <laughs> memoir? Right. That still throws shade on Kenny G. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh. here's one that I don't even understand at all. What is what is Mike Perry's population 480? Oh, good. Go for it. Oh, that's that. It's population. What is it? Population... 485, 585, something like that. 271. Something like that. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, this is the reason to know about it. Oh, this was an opening line thing? Yeah, the opening line is like, and I'm going to get it wrong, but I'll get the right part that we need to know right. You okay. know, it's like spring enters like a Zaftig hippie chick or spring trounces along or something like that. But like a Zaftig hippie chick. Okay, no, man. Now, now what if you're from Menominee Falls, Wisconsin, outside of Milwaukee? You're not real. There's not a lot of big vocabulary words running around. Would it be a? I can't say it. Everybody spoke German for Christ's sakes, and ah. nobody said Zaftig. Gross. What does that fucking mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a Zaftig hippie chick. So how would you say it? Was she killing mosquitoes? Fat. <laughs> <laughs> See, don't you feel better now that you said it? Ah. Uh. Right. So why have it at all? Why even character? Why would that be your first characterization? No, this somebody, goes back to so like if you yeah. got to use that, if you got to use Zaftig, yeah, that means you're not confident enough to just use the simple truth. No, fat. It means you didn't know to go to your thesaurus and look up Zaftig and decide to use fecund instead. Yeah, what a fecund hippie chick. A fecund hippie chick. <laughs> there, that's it's, better, huh? It, isn't like spaghetti noodles redundant? Well, that's different. <laughs> Omit needless words. <laughs> okay. In that same book, yeah, he refers to me, you know, and he calls me a, a grunt novelist. What do you mean he refers to you? He does. Well, I, he I, knows I, you. Yeah, it's a long story, but so, so yeah, I, I helped him get his start in the business. It's really true, you know. And so, like, he he mentioned me in in the course of that book, which he said, "Oh, he got to start, you know, writing or whatever." And and that's what he said. So I met for coffee with the grunt novelist. Mike Magnuson, the grunt novelist. Mm -hmm. hmm. What what does that mean? Uh, I, think it's, yeah. <clears throat> I think it's a working man. I think a grunt oh, in the sense of an infantry. Yeah. Infantry. That's what he's talking. Yeah, about. you're a grunt. But I wasn't infantry. I worked at a fucking plastics yeah, factory. But it's yeah, a different. Yeah, that yeah. wasn't a grunt. Yeah. I'll tell you, many yeah, things are different, was, but grunt yeah. is what they all have in common. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know I'm from. It's a. I know what he was alluding to. It's a goddamn. It's grunt novelist. Yeah. Yeah, working man's novelist down in the hey, trenches. You're the one down who decided not to use dirt big under words. his fingernails. Well, that's a mis that's a misplaced use of the <laughs> Run. 
See, I think he's a grunt novelist. This is the thing. Is the he's, difference? He's a grunt dictator. I think this a is regular. He's showing, you, he's showing you how to use simple Anglo-Saxon words to get across a sophisticated image. Well, in image. that case, I'm gonna. I'm. 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 <laughs> hey, I'm gonna do something. <laughs> Mike Magnuson, the grunt podcaster. Oh, yeah, grunt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're all grunts here for sure. All right, so, so uh, uh, well, that's just was just like, well, did we do the business about? Uh, oh, um, he says he write. Go what? for it. Go. He, he, he writes some of the lines he puts in there for the lady. Harry does. No, Harry does. Yeah, and I'm looking. I have my novel out right here. And I'm thinking, like, I never put one in for the ladies. So. Yeah. <laughs> Check this out. I passed a new billboard for New Mayo Medical Center. I don't know, a man was ripping open his button executive shirt in the manner of Superman in the re process revealing the new male symbol, a single human sperm cell swimming upward and transforming into the World Cup trophy. Perform at your best. Erectile dysfunction treatment, testosterone therapy. Speaking of dicks, I said. <laughs> hey, now, Brinkman said, don't start that shit with me. <laughs> Starting what? Call me a dick. I'm on your side here, Eddie. All right. Que paso? Okay, now I'm ready for the tacos. No, no. Here's the thing. We were talking about this before, Marcello. You were saying, yeah. So you have this whole big fancy flow of prose, right? Uh -huh, Metaphor right, and everything. Right. And then you need that, that one thing, flat, clear thing at the end. Right, a subject compliment. Speaking of dicks. Speaking of after dicks. After all of this, and it's like, speaking of dicks. <laughs> It's an exact illustration of what you were talking about. When was that? Back in show three? That's right, back in May. Month. When we were May, all that still was, young that was and early beautiful. Saturday. <laughs> we were young and pretty back then. Right. We were young and pretty back then. And our thoughts were fresh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, man, now I'm thinking of the bad jokes. When are you getting married in May? May the day never come. Oh. <laughs> Here come the planes. And I don't know why Ethelred the Unready was ever on these notes. You were talking about it one night. I was? Not not when we were here. Oh. You know? I don't even know. He's some guy in 980. Yeah, that's the... Uh, and he didn't have his horse available or, and lost probably lost France as a result. I don't know. Anglo-Saxon. Yeah, so uh, but but it was I can't trust him. It was it was uh, <laughs> it was an answer on Jeopardy the other day. Are Who you? is Ethelred the Unready? Oh. And they're going if, on about. It'd be and funny like, if it was the ready. And I'm like, wow, I've heard of that guy. I almost answered that. I know that's yeah, good. Right? Almost as good. It's almost as good. good. <laughs> Kenny. So I'm, I'm just crossing that out because that was random. <laughs> Growth of the soil sucks. Well, it doesn't suck. It's just, it's long. You know what? Growth of the soil. I swear, I put it down. I go brush my teeth. I come back. And there's it, and the book is forty pages longer. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody keeps doing that. <laughs> I just stuck one in. Yeah, did you, did you hear about the uh, banjo player that had his banjo in the back seat of his car? He left his car unlocked when he went to the grocery store. When he came back, there, there were, were two, two banjos. banjos yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's. that's that's, I don't know. I don't know what's worse that I would tell it or that Clark would know it. <laughs> you know, it it goes. It, it's like uh, uh, Cleveland Browns. The 
left two Cleveland Brown tickets on the dashboard, and he came back. There were four <laughs> Cleveland <laughs> Brown <laughs> tickets. Yeah, thinking, I'm thinking the Browns at the Super Bowl. Yep. That's Larry the Cable Guy. Will I interrupt anybody if I say something? Go right ahead. <laughs> Wait. Okay. Did we do transformational diagramming? Yeah, kind of. Okay, fine. Uh, Nobody gives a fuck. We decided about that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we did that. What? what? <laughs> that would be a nice... I want to... I, let's. We should have a mailbag question. Would you like us to do an episode entitled "Nobody Gives a Fuck"? <laughs> an episode entitled "Gives a Fuck"? Yeah, nobody gives a fuck. That's the title. Acme writing again. <laughs> nobody gives a fuck. Off the charts. But the thing is, <laughs> where nobody gives. A I think that's an important if lesson. Like us, if you would like us to do that. Send us an email that says nobody gives a fuck. <laughs> oh man, it did break the server. I know, right? <laughs> we have no audience until they get a chance to say that. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> tell us to go to hell. Oh, that was satisfying. <laughs> I'm gonna send the mail bags full this week. Chief Parker, shut up. <laughs> Here's another one. <laughs> And your mother, too. <laughs> Shut the hell up. Oh, yeah. Mm. Well. <laughs> you know, you said a lot of stuff uh, the other day, maybe. On, Months ago, wasn't it? On, on number five. <laughs> Episode about, five. Uh, so we're talking about cultural appropriation. Oh, yeah, you were talking about it's not so much the grammar, it's the usage that's right. important. So Absolutely. it's not so much that you have Latinate versus Anglo-Saxon. It's, it's you, the writer, are doing the usage. So you need to know all the options that are available to you. For instance, right. Latinate is fecund or urinate. Okay, that's Latinate. Anglo-Saxon would be fat or piss instead of... You I don't know. want to like that so much. You don't want yes. to like it? You like it? Well, so oh. it's onomatopoetic, too. That's oh, the it's thing. the best, man. Probably uh, was, was invented in a place that snows. <laughs> Anglo-Sajon. Here's yeah. a question. Is horse piss one word? I think so. Who's that Shakespeare yeah. character no. says, Oh, I smell all horse piss. No, if you, read it, if you write it as it one a- word, somebody will read it as horse whisperer. <laughs> you don't want to slow your reader down. But you can take it further. So you've got Latinate is fecund. You've got Anglo-Saxon, which is fat. You have a cultural appropriation, like Mike Perry might do. Well, he wouldn't appropriate culture. He's a, he's a well, th- thesaurus so, guy. So cultural appropriation, Zaftig, which is Yiddish, right? Yeah, well, it's, uh, it's the thesaurus-ish. Yes, but it's it's but it's, right. it's also it, I think that is a Yiddish word, isn't it? Zaftig. I suppose. Okay. What, what would he know, Mike Perry? Right. Well, He's anyhow, I'm just, I'm, just I'm using the word. And then, Forget wait. Mike Perry. Right. And, okay. then, and then isn't didn't uh, didn't Woody Allen do a film with Zaftig? Oh, jeez. So then, so then, what if what yeah, would what would the word be if you were using it in lingo, right? Some like local lingo dialect or whatever. Ease up on the plankton. 
No, no, that's metaphor. <laughs> oh, that's, sorry, that was no. If I, I in lingo, to... you'd say you would say pig, right? You're turning red over there. Sorry, I was having a plankton. Mind. I have an example of a paragraph that's mainly O Anglo Saxon. Wait, I got two more. I got two more. Just think, thinking of how we can push this. Oh, so I, I, I have a really good example. So if it's lingo of lingo, no, of Anglo Saxon. It's Anglo Saxon. Okay. In a hole in the ground, there lived a hobbit. Ah, Not ah. a nasty, dirty, wet hole filled with ends of worms and oozy smell. <sighs> Not yet a dry, bare, sandy hole with nothing it to sit down on or to eat. It was a hobbit hole. <gasps> and that means comfort. <sighs> Anglo-Saxon. I would say. I told my students that was written by Gertrude Stein. <laughs> you didn't write that? Huh? <laughs> I know No, I would go, can I write like this? In a hole in the ground, there lived a hobbit. Not a nasty, dirty, wet hole filled with ends of worms and oozy smell, and not yet a dry, bare, sandy hole with nothing in it to sit down or eat. It was a hobbit hole. That means comfort. It had a perfectly round door like a porthole. Oh, it's fun. Okay, look, Token. you just did your own thing again. You got the whole reams of description and then the simple thing. It was a hobbit hole. That's right. Right? And not only that, but you went, you went in and you came back out again. That's right. It's not this. It's not this. Not yet this, but this. Mm -hmm. Right? You got your reader afraid it might be that, but now instead it's going to be this. Right. That's, uh, that's publishable, man. My masterpiece. That's publishable. <laughs> I know somebody at Phantom Drift. They go for... Yeah, yeah. I think just the word "hobbit" sounds like it would catch on. It would. See, now I was gonna say you should change that. Really? Yeah, "hobbit." I don't know. Does it sound too much like "fuck it"? It sounds like it sounds like "hobble it." We don't want to be hobbling it. It makes me think of "habit" or "rabbit" or "hobbling." Hobbits. On the other hand, it does. I don't know. Work on it. No, yeah, I mean, start back. doing a workshop with us on that. I think you're yeah. up. I mean, Hobbit you're Hole. Up again yeah, in four, to workshop. You're up again in four weeks, and we'll Hobbit we'll Hole give it is hyphenated, look. so I gotta, yeah, I gotta, I gotta consider that too, right? No, Hobbit Hole. Mike, I don't a, think is gonna say it's hyphenated. Mike's it, gonna say it's ho Hobbithole. Oh, it's hopinated? Hopinated? <laughs> it's Hobbithole. Hobbithole. <laughs> it's not hyphenated. That That's a town actually uh, <laughs> east of Minneapolis. Hobbithole, Minnesota. Well, Mike would say, okay. The breast now I'm finding they just too fellow centric. Forget to put in the dash. <laughs> Pretty much. There's a dash. Abathol. They have a great uh, girls lacrosse team though. However, do they pronounce it that way? <laughs> the Abathols. Abathol. Shithiad. Shithian. Shithiad. That's what happens if you don't hyphenate shithead. You get shithiad. I have a great. I have another great part of my novel I want to read. Okay. This gives you the example okay, of the Jared. colon and the M dash. The door opened onto a tube-shaped hall like a tunnel, colon, a very comfortable tunnel without spoke with paneled walls and floors tiled and carpeted, provided with polished chairs and, a lots, and, lot, and lots and lots of pegs for hats and coats. The Hobbit was found, found of visitors oh. as an M dash. That was, that was very theatrical. Hobbit was, was people aren't seeing these gestures of visitors. Hey, Marcello is half Ita modifier. Marcello is half Italian, so he talks with one hand. 
<laughs> well, let me it's show. Like he's conducting his speech. Yeah, let me give you the Musini salute right now. And then <laughs> so I want to read the beginning of my, my favorite book. And really, in a way, you know, I don't, I hate to say it's my favorite because, you know, I have many favorites, I guess. Yep. Or, or several. It's your favorite today. Well, it was, the, it was my favorite in terms of like, I heard this read by the author on a record album that I got from the public library when I was in fifth grade, something like that. And like, I was like, I want to do this, you know? And, and it's worth, it's, it's worth listening to this because we, we were talking about before the, the nature of sentences declaring things and, and telling in ways that set up questions that need to be answered before you start showing, you know? Right. So, <clears throat> call me Jonah. My parents did, or nearly did. They called me John. Jonah, John, if I had been a Sam, I would have been a Jonah still, not because I had been unlucky for others, but because somebody or something has compelled me to be certain places at certain times without fail. Conveyances and motive, both conventional and bizarre, have been provided. And according to plan, at each appointed second, at each appointed place, this Jonah was there. Listen, when I was a younger man, two wives ago, 250,000 cigarettes ago, 30,000 quarts of booze ago, when I was a much younger man, I began to collect material for a book to be called The Day the World Ended. And so... Kurt Vonnegut Jr. That's right. You know, What's that from? That's the beginning of Cat's Cradle. Oh, Cat's Cradle. And see, like, the, 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 I'm a Mexican, and I know that. I, no, I mean, I was <laughs> experiencing deja vu, but I couldn't, I couldn't place it. I'm going to Lajada. This is the thing that Vonnegut achieved in there, and then also in Slaughterhouse Five. They were kind of they were consecutive. I think they were, they were mm-hmm. pretty close to each other. Is that is that there is a lot of shown stuff in there. There's scenes with dialogue and stuff, but for the most part, it's a string of statements mm-hmm. like this. You know, it has it has its own kind of flow to it, I guess. I th- I think I'm probably only person on the planet who thinks that his best book is, is Sirens of Titan. <laughs> I know, right? Have you read Sirens of Titan? Yeah, of course. I just, I don't know. Maybe it's just the Tralfamadorian in me. But when he opens the thing and it says, greetings, spoiler alert. I don't know. That's probably yeah. the first Vonnegut book I read. I like that one, too. You know, Venus on the Half Shell, it's written by Kilgore Trump. got it in the other room. I found it online not too long ago. Oh, hilarious. It's got, it's got the, the picture of, uh, it's the Botticelli, only it's a, uh, a guy and a girl in spacesuits right. intertwined, you know? <laughs> Sexy girl. <laughs> I tried to read it. It doesn't read easily. Anyway, what's the point of it all? You know, I keep thinking that, that I asked that in a goofy way, but you know, we've been talking about I don't know, taking something from nothing about sentence writing and all that kind of stuff right. about maintaining individuality and not appropriating or appropriating if you want to, you know, what, what's the end game? You know, what, what, what is it? When I win the lottery. So what are you going to do? When I win the lottery, I'm done with this shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, that's sad. It is. Mm. Boy, that's, that's just, so it all means that we're just a bunch of, Disingenuous. Sons of bitches. Assholes. But we eat well. <laughs> yeah. We sleep well. Yes, we do. That's right. Yes, we do. We're having fish tonight with some vegetables 
with some vegetables. Yes. And it's Marcello's night. Yes, I'm cooking, cooking tonight. Mm-hmm. We got wild wild salmon. The wilder the better. In the Snake River. Is there a Snake River? Yeah. Yeah. A bunch of them. I know. I'm sure, sure every state's got one. There we go. The one that belongs to this state. <laughs> yeah, right. The communist river. I know. <laughs> but I don't think that's where the Snake River did. And we got halibut. The salmon is. That was an extraordinary experience going to that. To what? Fish market. Today? Yes. You like that? And being from South Florida, I mean, living in yeah. South Florida, Boca Raton, Pompano, yeah. I don't see fish like that. Halibut. Yep. Uh, we bought albacore, fresh. We're going to grill. It's an extraordinary. Uh, yeah. Marcello's referring to Santa Monica Seafood. Santa Monica Seafood. Which uh, has a great daily turnover of incredible fresh fish. And they, they can do the volume because they provide for, I think, most of the restaurants right. in the area. You know, they were originally just a wholesaler, and they opened up a shop and a restaurant and an oyster bar. Right. Yeah. Did, we, did we end up getting the sea bass? The whole fish? The, the striped bass. No, we didn't. No. Because yeah. they didn't have the... Uh, they didn't have the Branzino today. Branzino. They usually sell out by I Sunday morning. <laughs> it was Branzino. It was yeah. Bar Branzino all along. Or if you want to be French, Lou de Mer. Lou de Mer. I know the answer, though. It's coming to me. The answer you know, like those people that run that, uh, that seafood shop? Yeah. Provide all that great fish? Mm-hmm. You know? Well, you're going to cook it now. And, like, it doesn't matter what anybody has said to you along the way or what they may have taught you. It's all gone. It's you cooking the shit. Right. The way you fucking well feel like it. Right. You know? Yeah. And I think maybe that that's what we've been talking about the whole time, you know? You can question yourself and, and it, so it forth. It drives my brother-in-law crazy. He's trying to learn how to... He's, he's actually become a better cook mm-hmm. when I lives in Palm Beach. Right. And he's always interrupting while I'm cooking. How, how, how did you make that? What are you doing? And I look at him like, I'm cooking. Yeah. Leave me the fuck alone. But I, I right. don't say that. I mean, I, yeah. And he's, I mean, I don't mean to be, I'm just, I'm, I'm in the zone. Yeah. And I don't give it a thought. Plan nothing. Just, I just need what I need to do, what needs to be done. And you have a great meal. And, and, and I have to find a reason to use a knife. There you go. That's why we got the potatoes. So you'd have something to chop. See, I that's think right. that, that's what writing's all about, though, man. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it is. Writing's when you know you can cook for people with your words, as it were. Mm-hmm. And yes. it's going to be cool. And, you're like, there's the, and you know this, that other people cook other ways. Right. And shit. Are they really going to notice you used a fresh oregano and you dried it or you just bought fresh oregano? I mean, you dried well, oregano. And Bob doesn't like fish. So we're going to cook meat, too. Oh, he told me he likes um, <laughs> fresh, wal- fresh no. walleye. Fresh walleye. I'm from oh. Minnesota. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fresh you know, fresh lake fish. That's all. Oh, yeah. Whole Deep fry. Walleye yeah. you pulled out of the lake that morning, you're eating it that evening. Yeah. Yeah, and you can make coats out of the, the, the skins. You know that with walleye? The walleye skin coat, of course. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> Waterproof. Fucking A. <laughs> yeah, because it's walleyes. Yeah. It's nice. Water the, don't bother uh, them. <laughs> the Native Americans did this, uh, you know. You make, you imagine making a soap out of a fish? There is a, there a fit, there is a uh, nickname of fish that we have in South Florida. It's not called soapfish. Because back in the day, people would cook it whole, and it's something chemical reaction that had whatever it was when you left the skin on, mm. and it smelled like soap. When you figured out that you had, you, you had to skin it, it's just as good as grouper. 
<laughs> when you figure out you have to you know, when you it's, figure out you have to pluck it, <laughs> it's it tastes like chicken. chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Wash your mouth out with when soap. How much you, <laughs> you did that to me? Wash your mouth out with soap? Yeah. No. No, no, that was just her feeding you cilantro. Oh yeah, Rick's got this thing with cilantro. You don't like cilantro. No. Tastes like soap. <laughs> it tastes like dishwashing soap. And sometimes when I'm washing the dishes and I put the dishwashing soap on the sponge, it smells like cilantro. So that's why you don't eat tacos. Correct. Uh, I see. Unless I make them without, without cilantro. cilantro. Uh, that's why you like you like, yeah, iceberg lettuce. He's an iceberg lettuce guy. Are you? Yeah. When I make tacos, I call them Ricky's Tacky Tacos. I get the Ortega preformed crisp shells. Right. Eat yeah. three minutes. Yeah. Put them in the I get I get Sargento pre grated cheddar. Yeah. <laughs> I chop up, uh, I slice up uh, iceberg lettuce. Perfect. I get any kind of good tasting tomato, any kind, because right. that's the, and uh, layer it all up. I do two or three different kinds of commercial salsas. Oh yeah, and uh, then I put I sprinkle Parmesan cheese over the top of it. Well, there, there that's where he's coming in with the, like a little foo foo twist. That's where I'm. Well, no, he said that's sprinkle. why I'm the Led Zeppelin of tacos. Sprinkle in okay. So he said sprinkle. No, just, just so do you using craft out of a or are you? No, no, grating? I, use, I use only the cheapest, most prepackaged oh. ingredients. That's I, and I'll use a pack of Larry's taco spice. Uh-huh. You know to oh. cook the beef with. Yeah, yep. So it makes them tacky. I know. Oh, I get. It. So it's like del, what you get at Del Taco. Del Taco? Only homemade. Del Taco. Or, ta- homemade or Taco, Taco Bell. Yeah, Taco we, Bell. we used to call that all the time. Bong. Good God. Anyways, what the hell? I don't know. We wrapping up here, you think? I think so. We're getting them up there. I don't, I don't even have the heart to look at my list anymore because, you know. Oh, it's an extraordinary season, gentlemen. It was a great season. It was so nice to be able to do it face-to-face. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, I think the thing is, is we have to, uh, like everybody else, writing our ass off again, you know? Yeah. We sure haven't been when we're here having writing camp. Um, no. I've been writing away. Well, yeah, Marcello's yeah. been doing stuff. He's been working. Yeah. That is day job. And, and day know, job. The rest of us, we were writing some haikus out on the picnic day. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty bad when you're a comp, a comp teacher for a broad college and they tell you, don't quit your day job. Oh, God, yeah. It's like, geez, really? I sent Deborah a haiku today. Mm. I did. She's down, and my wife's down in San Diego escaping from all of us. I wrote, what did I write her? How did it go? X-O-X-O-X-O-X-O-X-O-X-O-X-O-X-O-X-O-X-O-X-O-X-O-X-O-X-O-X-O-X-O-X-O-X-O-X-O-X-O-X-O-X-O-X-O-X-O-X-O-
I got nothing. 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 Not. <laughs> no. I don't know. See, we, that proves yeah. we really do have nothing. Yeah. Do we have any final thoughts? Yeah, let's hope our three listeners ended up with something. Even though we got and if nothing. they if they did, would you please send some to us? Yeah. Right. I think I would like to hear our listeners write in and and tell us what they think it is that we were talking about. <laughs> it would be helpful for us. Yeah, it would really help me. Because we'd like to know. Exactly. <laughs> so so the, phone, the lines are open. That's email. <laughs> AcmeWritingAcademy.com. All and, one word. Uh, has anybody ever sent an email and to this? Is, no, this is so. breaking news, though. What? That there, there, there will be an Acme season three eventually. You know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you're not done with this yeah. yet. Yeah, there's going to be an Acme. You know, and who knows if it's going to go exactly like this, you know? Yeah. But Deborah Holland has already told me that we need to do season three. She and a Hoover Rogers. She has I think we season can, two. I think we can get them for six seasons. <laughs> I'm thinking, why are you Coyote and the Roadrunner to Shanghai? Act me season six. Season six. We'll go, we'll go to Tahiti. <laughs> I would like that. Tahiti would be a great location. Yeah. I've always wanted to see Australia. Spain would be nice. I want to give a quick shout out. Oh, yeah. I know there are people listening. Few, few of our listeners li- listening from Argentina. Ah, I'm going to say in right. Spanish. Y, bueno, terminamos las, la tercer um, temporada de Acme Writing. Estamos acá con mi gran amigo Mike, con Bob y con Rick Grisman, el croata. Y muchos saludos de parte de California, los Estados Unidos. Y gracias por ser tan buen hinchas de Acme Writing Academy. So thank you from Santa Monica to our, my friends and family in Argentina. All right. That's Here's it. to your friends and family in Argentina. Uh, amo carajo. Amo carajo. Amo carajo. Here, here. Uh, <laughs> oh, shit, fellas. What so part of Mexico are you from, Marcello? <laughs> yeah. Wait, who said that? Oh, oh yeah. I <laughs> You're talking to yourself? Yeah. You're over there calling yourself a Mexican? Yeah. No, he knows what part he's from. He's yeah. from Anchovia. Yeah. Anchovia. 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 Don't cry for Anchovia. me. Anchovia. We ought to work on some lyrics for that one, buddy. <laughs> By next year. <laughs> By next year. Kind of our... Oh, we are so And then we got to work anthem. on some lyrics for anchovies. Yeah. So, I so, want everybody to get busy on that for next year. Yeah, I'm on it. We're on it. <laughs> so, Everybody's going to come back with the same thing. Anchovies. <laughs> but I mean, that chorus just begs for some kind of an anthem, right? Anchovia. No, Anchovia. An, it's an anthem in one word. <laughs> it's a one-word anthem. Omit needless words. Omit. <laughs> Only keep anchovia. Uh, so on behalf, anchovia. On behalf of Bob Clark and <laughs> Mike Magnuson. That's Mar- him. And Marcello Vasquez. This oh, is yours yeah. truly, Stephen Foster Wallace Stevens. Thanking <laughs> you for joining us this season. Adios. Good night. Adios. And happy writing. Bye bye. I love you.
Thanks, Claude.